0: You are listening to Crosspoint Community Church in Lagrange, Texas podcast. To learn more about Crosspoint Community Church, including service times and how you can connect, please visit crosspointchurchtx.org. Morning, church. Good morning. <clears throat> well, good morning, Miss Maggie. Good morning. Good morning. morning, church. There you go. Participation. It helps. Right on. I have no idea where we get these videos. <laughs> no idea. Uh, good morning. My name is Mike Cooper. Uh, Chris is out of town. I think they're still in Israel, flying back from Israel somewhere. Yes, that, that way. Our kids are in. Uh, teenagers are in youth camp in New Mexico. They're traveling back, so we're praying for them. Uh, as they travel back as well. Excited to share God's Word with you today. This is the fourth in a series on games people play. First week, uh, Kenny looked at the game of life, broke that down for us. Uh, the next week, I did um, a version of shoots and ladders and how uh, life can be precarious at times. Last week, Jonathan did Monopoly and Talked about finances, and this week we're looking at the game called Twister. And if there is something that relationships can relate to, it is definitely this game. Okay, because their relationships can get twisted in a hurry, especially when God is not the center. The very first time I saw this game, I was probably seven years old, and it was a blast. Looking at this game in my <clears throat> uh, something along those 50s, somewhere in there. I look at this game completely different. If I look at a board game or a game like this and I think of injury, I think of pulling my back or a hamstring, then it's just not real fun to me anymore. And so I think everybody's familiar with the game of Twister and how you're supposed to put your feet and your hands and colors and all that kind of stuff and you fall, you're out of the game. But I thought it was pretty appropriate for relationships, and that's the, the, the task this morning, is to share with you what I believe is God's principles, what God's uh, foundation is on healthy relationships and how um, we need to make sure those are implemented into our lives. Listen, every one of us has relationships. You, you're born into a relationship with your family. You have a relationship with, with folks that you work with. You have relationships with people that you go to school with. You have relationships with people that you meet walking down the the, the, wall, the hall at, at the mall sometimes. And so you meet somebody, you're standing at a game, and somebody scores, you turn around, you high five, all that kind of stuff. Those are acquaintances. We have all kinds of different relationships, some that we've, we've had for years, some that we maybe just had started this morning. And so the goal for us as believers, as children of God, and as a church here at Crosspoint, is to make sure that... Every relationship that we have is healthy. Every relationship that we have is God-centered or God-focused. And so, uh, because that's that's the goal. I don't know what your goal is in life. Mine is to one day leave this place when I die. Not LaGrange. I'm talking about this ball we call earth. Leave this place, spend eternity in heaven, either when I die or God returns and, and takes us on home. In the meantime... The relationships that I build, the relationships that I have, I want to make sure that those folks know that God is a priority to me. You're not going to be around me very long before you find out that I have a wife and I have kids. Uh, and you're also not going to be around me very long before you know that I'm a believer, that I love the Lord. Um, I was doing uh, working with a guy in College Station on Tuesday, walked up, met this realtor. And she, she looked down at my wrist and she goes, I have a little uh, Fishers of Men bracelet here. And she goes, you're a believer. And I said, yes, ma'am, I am. And so it's one of those things I want people to know that God is a priority to me. That should be the goal for us as a body of believers to make sure that people that we come in contact with, even if it may be just for an instant, maybe just for a moment, they understand that, that there is something greater That lives inside of us than than the stuff that we have around us, the possessions that we have, but we have a relationship with God. So I want to do that this morning. I want to talk about some healthy relationships, give us a biblical foundation for uh, what I believe godly relationships uh, look like. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 13. And we're going to look at a couple of verses, John chapter 13. We're going to jump over to John chapter 15 and then finish up in 1 Corinthians, a very familiar passage that talks about love. I really believe, church, that you can't talk about relationships without narrowing it all down to this four-letter word that we call love. Uh, I believe that's how God designed it. I believe that's how God intended it. And it's our responsibility to make sure that we love well. It's our responsibility to make sure that the love that we Display is the same love that Jesus displayed while He was walking on this planet, that He left for us to carry on. And so, let's uh, let's look at this passage in first, in, in, I'm sorry, in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Let me give you a little context. Jesus has just uh, met with the disciples in the upper room during the, the, the Last Supper. He's distributed the bread and representing the body and then the wine for, for His blood. And then He tells His disciples, and, and what's about to happen, we all know, is that when He leaves that room, they head to the Garden of Gethsemane. They're about He's about to be arrested. He's about to be beaten, flogged. He's about to be crucified, and he's about to die. And so these last words that he shares with his disciples, you would think that they would be pretty important. You would think that they would be something that, hey, last thing I want to share with you before I go is one of these things I really, really, really need you to hear. And this is what he shares with the disciples. He says in verse 34, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Did you catch what we're supposed to do in the midst of that? Love one another. Love one another. It doesn't come with uh, an asterisk. It doesn't come with this list of exceptions on who we're supposed to love. Jesus says that we are supposed to love one another all right, turn to John chapter fifteen, same kind of theme here that we 're going to see in verse seventeen, but I want to kind of give you a little bit of um, intro into this John the very first part of John chapter fifteen Jesus is talking with his disciples he's, he's explaining who God is he's explaining this relationship and how it, how it works that jesus is, jesus says i 'm the vine, and that you are the branches, and if you stay com- if you stay connected to me. There are all kinds of things that you can accomplish. But he says, if you are disconnected, you will not be able to do anything. And so it's just this whole thing about staying connected, staying close, making sure that you have a relationship with with, with me, Jesus talking. And then he jumps into verse 18 and he just like flips the script. He totally changes the topic. And after he says, love, 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 stay connected, stay connected, stay connected. And he says, guess what happens if you do that? The world's going to hate you. I want you to hear that, church. If we're doing what God has called us to do, he's called us to love, there's going to be some adversaries. There's going to be some feathers that are going to be ruffled and that you're going to catch a lot of that. If you're loving the way that God wants us to love. And then in verse 17, there in John chapter 15, he closes out this passage or verse 12. He says, this is my command that you love each other as I have loved you. And then in verse 17, he says, this is my command that you love each other, man. Do you hear a theme? Do you hear a theme? Love, 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 love. And some of you are thinking, Man, I hear that from my wife all the time. I'm supposed to love, supposed to love, supposed to love. All right. How many dads we got in the room? Raise your hand. All right. All right. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Man, I just, uh, I can't tell you enough how much I admire dads. Can't tell you how much I admire dads who love their families, love their wives, love their kids, love their grandbabies love their relatives thank you for doing that it's uh it is um it's something that we need i loved uh, the video that we showed the dads listening listing the words what they thought of when they thought of fatherhood a lot of them we're going to be able to see in this next passage in first corinthians chapter 13 that's known for weddings known as the love chapter in in the bible and so let's read that together roman or first corinthians chapter 13 We're going to be looking at verses 4 through 7, and then the first part of verse 8. Very familiar passage. If you've ever been to a wedding, you've probably heard these verses. gives us an understanding, gives us a description of what love is, and then what love is not. It says in verse 4, love is patient, love is kind... It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth. Verse 7, it always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. In verse 8, the very first part of that says, love never fails. Love is critical. Love is crucial To who we are as a body of believers. In real estate, what's crucial? Three words. Location, location, location. In a godly relationship that we have with folks, in order for us to honor God the way that we are supposed to, in order for us to love the way that we're supposed to, those key three words are communication, communication, communication. You have to do that well or it's going to get twisted. You're going to have to, to, to communicate effectively to make sure that you're progressing in your relationship like you're supposed to. If you're at work and you give a, a command, you give some some instruction on what somebody's supposed to do, and it's not clear, something wrong may happen. Same thing happens in your relationship with home. You give your kids a task and they don't do it right, maybe because you've not communicated that clearly. My wife and I do something Probably at least once a month, that I think has been beneficial for us. It's been crucial for me because I'm a guy. Okay, it's just it, 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 I need some instruction. I need some direction sometimes, and my wife is real good about helping me able to see those things. Not not in an ugly way, not in a mean way, but it's because we ask this question to each other pretty consistently. I say, hey, is there anything that I could do better? Is there anything that I'm doing? that's upsetting you or driving you crazy. You know what that does? It gives her freedom to be able to say, well, you know what, Joker? I sure do. Okay? She doesn't say that. Okay? But it gives her the freedom to be able to say those things to me. And then because... Listen, the last thing I want to do is upset my wife. The last thing I want to do is to, to build a wedge into our relationship. And so if there's, some, if there's something that I can do to correct that, there is, if it's my behavior, if it's the way that I say something, my facial expression, whatever it is, then I want to make sure that I do that to honor my wife. But, you know, conversely, what that also allows, it allows her to be able to ask that in my life. Okay? Is, she asked me, is there anything that I'm doing that I could do better, if I'm doing wrong, I'm upsetting you. And so with that comes the freedom to be able to say those things. And so communication allows people to be able to have a clearer picture of what the expectation is or maybe a mistake or a misstep or whatever it is in order for us to, to love the best that we can. And so what I want to do... In your notes, in your note sheet there that you have, uh, real quickly, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything that you haven't heard before. There, I'm not reinventing the wheel, but it, sometimes we need a reminder of what relationships uh, need to look like. Some things that we need to make sure that maybe we just need to push pause and, and, and step back and engage the brain a little bit before we say something or do something. That's not God honoring. And so I've got a couple things here. Uh, what do godly relationships look like? What do ungodly relationships look like? And then for us to kind um, of to, to leave here with an understanding that, hey, man, we have a task. We have a responsibility that God has listed out for us. And that gives us a, a clearer picture of how to do that. So the very first thing, uh, what are godly relationships marked by? First of all, they're marked by truth. Oh my goodness, you have to be able to be honest in a relationship. told so the kids all growing up, when they started dating, started finding somebody they, that, that they like, listen, don't pretend to be somebody that you're not. Don't pretend to like something that you don't. Because what happens if your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, they, they think that you like something? What's going to happen? They're going to continue to do that, okay? And secretly, you're going, man, I hate chocolate pie. But all the time, guess what's happening? They're making you a chocolate pie every week. Somebody's saying, well, if that's happening in your house, then it my way, I'll eat that chocolate pie. okay? But if you don't actually like something, but you pretend to do, then it sets your partner, it sets your friend, your spouse, or whatever it is, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, it sets them up for failure because you're... You're doing something that, that they're, they're doing something they think you like, and so just be honest. Don't don't pretend to like something. Uh, it's important for us to be able to communicate those things and communicate them in a way that is honoring to, to them. We can say some really harsh things sometimes, not meaning to, and so it's real. It's real important for us to make sure that we're we're kind with our tongue. Okay, it's, real, it's important for us to be able to communicate effectively and and. I ask my my wife this all the time. If if I'm saying something that's not coming across correctly, please let me know. If it's coming across as mean, please let me know. That's not not my intention. All right, second thing is godly relationships are marked by patience. Oh, my goodness. You you heard that in in the video with the dads. Patience, patience, patience. Listen, we have to learn to be patient with one another. Uh, I will admit... Confess whatever you want to say that when I am driving, not that dude okay I'm just, i don't i don't it's sin, I know that it's sin, but man, there is something that happens when it, I think it's on the steering wheel i'm not real sure what what causes it, but when somebody's driving and they cut me off, especially when my family's in the vehicle, if it's just me what's crazy i'm not real concerned about it, but when my family's in the vehicle, man it just it sets me up I, I, I've gotten out of a vehicle and went and knocked on a window of a car in front of me. Not a good thing. Okay? And my kid, I turn, the car's in front of me. I turn to go back to the truck, and I got all these eyes peering out the front windshield looking at me. And, uh, and as soon as I saw that, I said, Mike, man, you blew it. That was terrible, terrible. And so we have to learn to be patient, engage your brain, saw, whatever you have to do. To, to stop before you do something that you're going to regret. The, the text, push and send, whatever it is, man, please be patient. God is honored when love is patient, okay? And so we have to make sure that we're we're matching what God's word says. third thing I want you to see is there has to be trust in a relationship. And I believe, church, that when love is... Is the, to the forefront of a relationship when honesty is, is included in that relationship and patience, man, trust is going to happen automatically. It's a byproduct of a loving relationship. You're going to trust. There's not going to be this little bird in the back of your brain, so little alarm, always dreaming up stuff. There, but we have to be able to to trust. They're going to go where they're going to go. They're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to they're they're going to be who they're going to be. Okay, and so when we have a godly relationship, those things will be played out. And these are some, just some characteristics that I believe God's word shares with us over and over and over again what that looks like. So let's look at some ungodly relationships. What are they scarred by? What are they, what are they marred by when somebody introduces some characteristics that, that aren't focused on God? The first one, I believe, is that we have some selfish agendas. Ungodly relationships are marked by selfish, selfish agendas. We don't have to teach kids to be selfish. We don't have to teach individuals to be selfish. It's one of those sinful nature things that we have. We want what we want. And sometimes we manipulate. Sometimes we talk down to get what we want. Sometimes we do all kinds of things to make sure that we win. And having a conversation. All right. So let me show a little participation portion of the service here. How many of you, honestly, you were in church, okay? How many of you like to have the last word in a conversation? We call it an argument. We can call it whatever. But how many of you like to have... No, you're not getting off that easy. Nice and high. How many of you like to have the last word? Can you pan the the camera down? I'm just kidding. Um, Almost everybody likes to have the final word. Okay, for whatever reason, whether it's just, hey, i got to have just that little... Uh, just one little, and it, it didn't even have to be a word, okay? It can, you can be walking away just going, hmm, and then, but that's the final word. And then they want to just knock you out. All right, so, but it's one of those things where we have our selfish agendas. in Scripture in First Corinthians 13 says, listen, that's not what godly love looks like. It keeps no records. It doesn't boast. It doesn't brag. It's not selfish. And so if that tends to be, I'll say me, that tends to be me, I know there are some things that I need to work on. There are some things that I need God to do in my heart so that I'm not, I'm not so focused on getting what Mike wants, but I'm, I'm focused on what my kids need, what my spouse needs, what my co-workers need, what my classmates need. Because what is the, what's the goal? What's the, what's the agenda here? Jesus says that we are to love each other because when we do that, what what are those folks going to do? What is our family going to see? What are our classmates going to see? What are our our co-workers going to see? They're going to see God. They're going to see the love of Jesus in us if we love correctly. Okay? So self-assistence is a characteristic of an ungodly relationship. Second thing I want you to see is jealousy or envy. And and here's, I would challenge you, this is kind of crazy, I did some research this week, I didn't write it down because I wanted to challenge you with this, go look up the definition of jealousy and then go look up the the definition of envy. You're going to be shocked, I believe, of what Webster's definition of those two words are. But a a lot of times, church, we tend to be jealous of folks. A lot of times we'll see something that somebody has, new truck, new house, new purse, new whatever, and we say, man... Why does she have that? Why does he have that? When in, in the actuality, what we need is to, to be thinking is, you know what? Good for her. Good for him. God, God bless them. And and not being sarcastic when you say those things, is that we need to make sure that when somebody is blessed, that we get to celebrate that blessing with them. That we need to honor God by saying, you know what? I'm so happy for them. And, God, if you want to throw something my way, that would be okay, too. But it's just one of those things where we need to make sure that our relationships are not focused in, and zeroed in on making sure that we're keeping up with the Joneses, that we're, that we're jealous or envious of folks. Third thing I want you to see, and I think this is gigantic, and I believe that it's gigantic because it's written here in God's Word, is that an ungodly relationship, they're marked by people that keep records, people that keep tabs, Okay, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that. You, in, your, in your brain, and ladies have a special gift um, in this. Not, not, I'm not being mean, but y'all remember stuff, okay? I, I'm almost to the point where I need like anniversary dates and birth dates kind of put on my arm just because I just don't remember some things. But when it comes to an argument, when it comes to being hurt or offended, man... You remember those better than most guys do. Obviously, there are exceptions to every rule. But Scripture in 1 Corinthians says, listen, godly relationship, godly love, it doesn't keep records like that. It doesn't keep those tally marks. And the reason that it doesn't is because I got one up on you if I keep a record. I'm one better than you or I'm closer to the Lord than you because because you did this and you offended me. You hurt me. God doesn't work like that. God's math doesn't work like that. Listen, the the ground the, the foot of the cross the ground is level and everything is equal. I need forgiveness, you need forgiveness. You make mistakes, I make mistakes. In order for me to honor God and honor, in order for me to love people the way that God wants me to love them, I don't see the times that they that they've offended me. I don't see the times that they've hurt my feelings. Dennis not say this to each other all the time. I would much rather be the person that's taken advantage of than to take advantage of somebody else. Because I believe that God sees our hearts and says, listen, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be be generous. I'm going to be courteous. And if I get taken advantage of, then cool, no worries. But I don't want to be the person when somebody leaves the room going, that guy's a jerk. That guy's mean. That guy is narcissistic. He's selfish. Whatever it is, I don't want that to be on me. I want people to say, you know what? Hey, that dude loves Jesus. I know that I got over on him. I know that I got it, took advantage of the situation, and maybe they leave the room saying, you know what? Maybe I'll do it again. But but God is honored by the way that I care about them. God is honored by the way that I love them, and that I forgive them. So a couple last things I want to share with you is number three: Godly relationships are other-focused. It's not focused on self. It's others' focus because I want to make sure that people see love. And I can't let people see love in me if I'm so consumed about what Mike Cooper wants. I can't let people see the love of Jesus if I'm, I'm so consumed on the things, the possessions, whatever it is that I want. And so ungodly relationships, they are they're other they're self-focused. They want, they want, they want, when they want it, when they want it, when they want it. And so... In order for us to love like God wants us to love, we need to make sure that we're others-focused. I want to be known as a guy. I want to be known as a man. I want to be lo- known as a husband. I want to be known as a father. I want to be known as a grandfather who loves, who loves, who loves, who loves. And I want to be known like that. I want, I want there to be this, this little, little cartoon bubble that floats over my head saying, this guy loves Jesus. This guy loves his family. He loves his church. I want that. And so how, how does that happen? How do, how do we make sure that we're known like that? I want to tell you, I think you're doing a great job right now just the way things are. Obviously, things are, there's room for improvement. I have family that comes uh, to, this, to this church that aren't members of this church. But they come in and they say, you know what? I was a little bit surprised, a little bit surprised when, they, when we came in and i saw the handshakes i saw the welcome i saw the hugs it was awesome it was beautiful i felt welcomed when i came into this church i have some people that aren't family members they and they weren't churchy folks okay and so they said first of all in a, in a kind of a joking way said, i'm 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 lucky that the ceiling didn't fall in on me because i hadn't been in church in a really 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 long time but they also said i didn't feel judged they looked at me. I looked like they look, which I'm not real sure what the, what the world, what our, our community thinks that the church is going to look like. But the, the reason they have this misconception maybe is because we've not loved in the past like we need to love. And so church can't, can't beg you enough to love, to love, to love the way that Jesus loves. I want that to be the identifier of our church, I want that to be the identifier for each Heine sitting in a seat in this congregation today. I want love to be the identifier how you 're known. There are lots of identifiers that are really easy people pick up on instantaneously we 're going to look at a couple real quick. I love the first one. This is a a nice little identifier. Anybody know where this place is okay. <clears throat> yeah love, love love Bucky's all right this is I have kind of this little no, I don't, I don't. even know how to say it, um, man. Sick relationship with Bucky's. Um, I don't. I don't. The Beaver Nuggets. Um, if you've not tried a Beaver Nugget, listen online. Go to Bucky's to this afternoon. Get you some Beaver Nuggets. Cup of coffee. Out of this world. But so we plan our trips, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. We don't plan our trips around Bucky's. We plan our our gas fill ups and our bathroom breaks around Bucky's, okay? We can leave our house. And get to the Baytown Buckies, top off the tank, and we're good all the way to the Alabama Bucky's. Okay, where you take it south and you go to Orange Beach. No lie, I can, and then we get to our place where we go to Destin. Uh, we, we spend a the week there. I don't put gas in the vehicle. I get all the way back to Alabama, I put gas in, get it to the Buckies in Baytown, and I'm back home. Okay, it's a beautiful thing. All right. <laughs> I told you it's kind of a sick relationship. All right, so maybe it's not a healthy relationship. All right, second image here, identifier. You got any Aggies in the house? That's what I'm talking about. All right, so around this area, maybe especially just a little bit north of here, that you see almost everybody driving with these little emblems on their on their cars. Last week we're sitting, in the, i was standing in the back with Kenny, and. um I'm a huge college baseball fan. A&M had lost to Stanford that weekend, and uh, Kenny looked at me. and He goes, "I think Texas is still in the in the in the playoffs." I said, "Shut up, dude." <laughs> My wife's doing in the back, doing Gators. He's uh, from Florida. She loves Gators. All right. So, um, but then the next week. Stanford, same thing to beat A&M, knocked out Texas, and I'm going, I can't wait to see Kenny. So I'm going to talk some smack. All right. So anyway, you see, you, you know what university this represents just by seeing this little orange outline here. Okay? That's an identifier that you know. Nobody has to tell you what that is. Next one. Number three, no onions with a Dr. Pepper. Okay? <laughs> the quarter pounder with cheese. I'm telling you, it's, it's right. All right. So everybody knows the the Golden Arches. We know that because it's, it's, it's just ingrained in our brain as an identifier. Next one. What's that one? Apple. Apple. All right. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a PC guy, so I'm not, I'm not so hip on the Apple products, but that's just me. Okay? Just because I grew up with that. And I had a 486DX in college, uh, and you're saying, no, I have no idea what that is. You don't even know the sound it took. Uh, to get online on the internet. You old folks, you'll know what I'm talking about here. Okay? You have no idea, young folks. But we know what this image represents. Look at the back of your phone for the majority of people in this, in this room. You know what this is. But these are images for stuff, these are images for universities, these are images for, for locations. Everyone that came into the sanctuary this morning, there was something in your seat or should have been. If it's not, it's pretty close to you. There's a little heart. Okay, that is the image that is the identifier that I want to be known for, that I want our church, that I want the church to be known for, is that we love and that we love well. Again, go back to John chapter 13. Jesus says people know that you are my follower. People will know that you are my disciple if you love each other. And so the challenge for you this week and it may you may choose to keep it longer than this week is i want you to take one of those hearts and you can take a couple if there's some extra around you but i want you to write a name on that heart of somebody that you know that you need to love maybe somebody completely undeserving of your love and your mind okay but I want you to keep that with you. Put that on your mirror in your bathroom. Put that in your pocket if you're a guy and you have, keep change in your pocket. Keep that with you, ladies. Keep that in your change Where, wherever you're going to see it every day this week, as a reminder for you to love. A reminder for you to say, you know what, man? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't boast, doesn't brag. It's not selfish. It's, it's not envious. I need to love this person like that this week. I believe that God will do something amazing in your life. I believe that God will do something amazing in the person that you love when you allow God's love to flow through you to that individual. For some of us, it may be your spouse that you're having a hard time loving, and you're saying, you know what, man, I I need to do better as a husband. And maybe your kids, I need to do better as a dad, moms, I need to be a better wife, better mother, whatever it is better friend, better daughter, better son. But let God permeate. Let God just cover you with the kind of love that he wants to share, that he wants you to share with folks that are going to be around you. Allow God to use that um, for his glory and for his honor because ultimately it's about him. Okay, I don't want people, I, they're, I, I want them to see love in me, but what I want to do is I want to deflect that. I want to just continue to point to right where it needs to go. You know what? The only reason that I can love First John 4:19 says we love because God first loved us. That's the only way that makes this possible, is because God showed His amazing, amazing love for us by sending His thunder down across 2,000 years ago so that we can have a relationship with Him. Amen. Let's love well this week, church. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for today. Thank you for your love and your grace. We thank you for these passages where Jesus is emphatic about telling his followers, love each other. Help us as a body of believers here at Crosspoint, God, to love each other, to love our neighbors, love our community, to love the folks in our county and our state and around the world. God, I pray that you would remind us that love comes from you. Remind us, God, the the characteristics of what a godly love looks like, an unconditional love. And so, Father, give us encounters this week. Give us opportunities this week to show your love to people that we come in contact with. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Crosspoint Community Church Podcast. It is our prayer that this message was encouraging to you as you follow Jesus. For more about Crosspoint Community Church, you can find us online at crosspointchurchtx.org. Have a great week.